Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is a John Chuckery Show. Coming to you live on this Friday evening as we are in the All-Star break. Of course, Futures game, a Rising Stars game uh, coming up uh, tonight. And uh, A.J. Griffin going to be a part of that. The only Hawk that's going to be a part of all of that. Let's talk some NBA. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Kurt Heelan. He is the lead NBA writer, managing editor at NBC Sports. Dot com and he is on Twitter at Basketball Talk. As always, Kurt, appreciate it, man, and uh, happy All-Star Weekend to you. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I'm out, I am out here in Salt Lake City where it's it's not as cold as I thought it would be, so it's, it's all good. Uh, no snow or anything out there? I mean... There's, there, there's definitely snow in the mountains. There's a, I, I'm, not, I, I'm like, oh, this flight is full. There's a lot of people going out to All-Star Game. I'm like, no, man, they're just going out to ski. Like everybody on the flight was coming up. To There's snow in the mountains, but it's not bad in the city. Well, uh, when we talk about disappointing teams, Kurt, uh, the Hawks, you know, for at least us Hawks fans are, are right there in that list. But give me from a national perspective, if you were to rank or just categorize how disappointing this Hawks season has been, where does it rank among teams or whatever across the league? How how disappointing have they been from a national perspective? Yeah, I think that they would be near the top of that list. They they wouldn't be alone, but they 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 obviously and you guys know this, and I don't think it was just the fans. This was internal. They thought with the addition of Dejounte Murray and everything that was going to be going on there that this was going to be a top tier playoff team. If if not a contender, at least somebody who was a a top four seed and hosting around and they were ready to take a step forward. And that obviously has not been the case. Um, so yeah, they, it's disappointing and it's, it's a rough step back because now you've got to figure out what it is that, what it is going to take to get where you want to go. Cause I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that far away with this roster, but yet that's not what it looks like on the court right now. And you know, Kurt, I mean, you and I have talked specifically about the idea that, Nate McMillan is most likely not going to be back next year. And look, it's another trade deadline where they didn't trade John Collins and th- some things like that. But if it doesn't go well this year, and, and listen, just even making the play-in tournament isn't going to be enough, I-, I think. But if it doesn't go well next year, short of Trey Young, Murray, you know, maybe Hunter, are they going to try to blow this thing up? I mean, you know, at some point do you have to – hit the reset button, you know, it's not worked out for a couple of years now, but do they have to have a different approach to what this roster is? Yeah, I think so. I Look, I think with the new GM, with Landry Fields in there, you've got to give him a summer to implant, work his vision of what he wants. That's going to mean hiring his coach, like you said, um, tweaking everything around Murray and, and uh, Trey Young, obviously. And, and see what it looks like next year. But if next year's, like you said, if next year's a real struggle, then, then it's time to take that step back and decide exactly how you're going to do this going forward. Is this a Trey Young team or is Trey Young not the guy and maybe we need to look a different direction? I mean, there's a lot of questions, you know, questions there. Are we building right around Trey Young if he is going to be our, our guy? There's a lot of questions there to answer, but I don't, you know, I, like you said, I think that Landry's got to get one summer to answer those before you get to the to to the really hard ones. Lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com, Kurt Heelan, joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. Well, then this brings up a question, though. 
is is Tony Ressler really running the team or is Landry Fields going to be in charge of making those decisions? Because, look, I, I fully believe that Tony Ressler is the driving force behind why they're not in the luxury tax. And, again, we can have the debate about whether it makes sense or not makes sense, but I just I get the sense that moving on from Travis Schlenk, not going in the luxury tax, there are things about Tony Ressler that lead me to believe that you know, he's really calling the shots. And, of course, we heard the story about, you know, Nick Ressler, his son. So are they going to give Landry Fields, you know, kind of the openness to be able to do what he's got to do? That's a really good question. That I mean, I think that that gets at the heart of it. And it's it's not a question I, I can answer easily from the outside. And it, it's, it's, you know, how much freedom does he have? Does Ken – I think with like most owners, what he'll say is, "I'm willing to go over the tax line if we're competitive, if we're in the mix for a title, you know, if we're in the mix for a title." But you're coming up on some tough numbers with just the way this, mm-hmm. the, with the way this roster is constructed, where they're going to have to make some, they're going to have to make some decisions about that, and maybe lean into the tax a little bit just to get, uh, to get. I guess the other question that comes with that is just. With the new CBA, I think a lot of teams are holding off waiting right now. They want to see what the new CBA is going to look like, what that's going to mean in terms of tax, what it's going to mean in terms of revenue split, and then you know the new TV deal will come in after that. But there's a lot of teams kind of on hold, like, well, what's that number going to be? What are the tax penalties going to look like? How severe are they before they jump in? Kurt, uh, let's bounce around the league a little bit. Um, the Hawks were involved in a four-team trade that – one of the participants, Gary Payton Jr., going back to the from the Portland Trailblazers back to the Golden State Warriors. Medical reports said that he could be injured for as much as three months. What is the league, do you think, going to do about this? this? This whole thing is, in a kind word, a debacle that happened, yeah. and, it, and it held up four teams from being able to make a move. What does the league do in a situation like this? How deep are they going to investigate what Portland did release or the information that was given to Golden State because I don't know how this can happen. Like, I don't, I don't in my mind, I can't wrap my arms around how all of this could go down. Yeah, I and I think it's going to be interesting because this is not the first team to suggest that the Portland Trailblazers were not fully forthcoming with a player that was coming over to them. And there's – there's degrees here between, you know, like not, there's one thing to turn over the medical reports and another to say, you know, Hey, we've given him a painkiller and kind of getting him to play through this for a while. Like there seems to be something there. And I, I wish I had a good answer for that. Like what that league, but the league has to investigate that the league has to keep these deals. If you're going to be a transaction league, like the NBA is short contracts, player movement and fans seem to eat the, not seem to fans eat that, that kind of thing up. Then you have to make it fair to the teams involved. And like I said, this is just, I'm curious if there's a fine coming, if there's a suspension coming, or if there's, you know, you lose a second round pick or something coming as a punishment, because this isn't the first team to say that they felt like just that they weren't, like I said, that it just wasn't forthcoming, that they didn't really know what was going on. So they had him in house and got him in the physical. And in the end, they went through with it anyway, because, be honest with you they wanted rid of James Wiseman yeah, that badly yeah. but um but it's not um 
it's going to give teams pause when they're doing business with Portland for a bit. Lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com, Kurt Heelan, joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. How big of a favorite do you think the Suns are now in winning the NBA title? Um, obviously, with the Durant move, I mean, it changes the complexion of the entire league. How big of favorites yeah. do you think that they are now? I don't, I don't think they're big favorites. I don't think, well, first of all, I don't think they're favorites. I would still pick Boston and Milwaukee, maybe Philly, over them. Um, I'm, I'm not completely sold. I've got, look, on paper, they're the best team in the West and, and a contender. But I've got questions. I just need to see it. I need to see them stay healthy, including Chris Paul. And look, Booker has missed time this year. Obviously, Durant's missing time. Fluke injury, but missing time. Um, I need to see them defend. And what I really need to see, John, is on a championship team, if you're not Kevin Durant in this case, you're going to have to, and maybe Booker to a little degree, you're going to have to sacrifice. Booker's going to have to sacrifice some touches to Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul's, I think, the kind of guy willing to make sacrifices. But is DeAndre Ayton? Is DeAndre Ayton going to be happy setting picks and rolling to the rim and not getting some post touches and just being asked to defend and rebound? And you can kind of go down the roster from there. Are these guys ready to make the sacrifices you need to make as a championship team. And sometimes that takes, it took Miami a year, it took Dwayne Wade a year, you know, and Chris Bosh some time to figure out what they were going to do with LeBron. I think that that could be the case here. They might be more dangerous next season than this season. So I talked about this last night on my show uh, about Durant's <laughs> comments at the press conference and, and all that stuff. You know, obviously Durant's a two-time NBA champion, but not as, you know, I, not as the lead or, or or at least let's say the face of the franchise. Yeah. It didn't work out in Brooklyn. It didn't work out in Oklahoma City. He did win his two titles, but we'll always look at that team as Steph's team and and Clay and Draymond and, and guys like that. And not that he was just along for the ride. He was a key cog in all of that. But if he doesn't win in Phoenix with a really loaded roster, what does it say about the legacy of Kevin Durant? Like where does all of that fall, do you think, if if he's not able to get it done in Phoenix coming off of what was going to be the, the latest super team in Brooklyn with guys? It just seems like, you know, it's he, he, he's one of the best offensive players in the history of the game, but is he yeah. a real leader of a franchise? I think that that's what he needs. What he went to Brooklyn to do and didn't and I think is on him now, even though – I think there's better support in this case. Um, well, there, first off, there's no Kyrie Irving. So th- that should help with team chemistry, you know, team guys showing up every night and all that. Um, but, look, Chris Paul is a great leader. And Monty, they, they have a fantastic coach in Monty Williams, right, Like, um, who's, who's a leader. I think that that helps in this case. But if it fails, yeah, I think that that's the – is that the thing that keeps Kevin Durant from being well, – well, he's going to finish in the top 20 all-time players easily. But is that the thing that keeps him at, I don't know, let's pick a random number, 12 or 15 instead of 7? Like, you know, or wherever you're going to rank these guys? It could be. But if he, but if he can lead a team, because the guys at the very tops, you know, the, the, the Jordans and the LeBrons and the Magics and the Koreans or whatever, Bill Russells, they were the man on those teams. And I think that's the thing still sort of lacking. Like you, like you said, I think that is the one thing lacking from his resume. 
Last question. Um, if Boston and Milwaukee hook up in the playoffs, I don't know that there could be a better series to watch. I mean, the way Milwaukee's playing right now and, you know, Middleton's back and he's healthy and holiday. And then obviously, you know, Boston's just as, as deep as anybody, you know, in the NBA. I mean, it's that series, if they hook up in the playoffs, I think that's going to be one of the all-timers. Yeah, that Eastern Conference Finals, which is what it would be, I think, to, to me, that's that's this NBA Finals in some ways because I just don't think the teams in the West, even even if maybe maybe if Phoenix gets it all together, but I don't think it's going to come together that to that level fast enough. I think that that's your NBA Finals, and I'm with you. I think that that is an epic, uh, two really good defensive teams, uh, two teams that know each other, two teams with really tough matchups in Tatum and and, and Antetokounmpo, and so much is going to fall on on Jalen Brown and Chris Middleton. It's, it, it is just a fascinating series up and down. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Follow him on his Twitter page, at Basketball Talk. He's the lead NBA writer and managing editor for NBCSports.com. Kurt Heelan joined us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Kurt, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes. Have fun uh, with the, all the all-star activities. I will. I, I Yeah, it's it's it is always a fun weekend, and it's always kind of you know just as a media guy, sometimes it's fun to see the people you text with and talk to online, and <laughs> actually get to see them in person and have a drink. It's always kind of fun. Well, appreciate it, Kurt. Uh, as always, uh, John Chuckery will be back. Sports Radio ninety two nine The Game, the Odyssey dot com app.